episode 183, Medical VA Staff. I'm your host, Dr. Justin Trosclair, and today we're Dr. Stephen Kupferman's perspective. You're joined award-winning podcast host and best-selling author, Dr. Justin Trosclair, as we go behind the curtain and talk to doctors and experts about their specialty, marketing, and home life balance. Let's hear a doctor's perspective. Welcome back to the show. Hope your summer is turning out to be amazing. The quick promo for today is the one sheets. We had a happy customer the other day and I did their CV revision and they actually got their dream job because of it. So if you need a one sheet to showcase your skills and what you could talk about to other businesses for lectures and different things, or you need your CV redone, let me know. It's a doctorsperspective.net slash one sheet. And if you need any of the past series that we've done or any of the downloads, the books, the t-shirt swag, all of that, you can just go to a doctorsperspective.net slash all links. So let's get to the show. Dr. Kupferman is a dentist and oral and maxillary surgeon who created a company called MedVA that hires medically trained Filipinos to do different roles in your clinic. So we'll talk all about that. And so I hope that if this has ever been on your radar, that you give him a shot, should be quite enlightening. All the show notes and an unedited transcript should be found at a doctorsperspective.net slash 183. Let's go hashtag behind the curtain. Live from Louisiana and Los Angeles, today on the program, we've got an amazing guest, I'm going to think, because he does medical virtual assistance, and he's not only a dentist, he's also a medical doctor. Can you believe that? A glutton for punishment. Anyway, I'm looking forward to hearing everything he has to say because we've done some virtual assistance in the past, but not to this level and this detail. So please welcome to the show, Dr. Stephen Upferman. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, okay. So when you meet someone that has a dental degree and a medical doctor degree, of course, we have to ask what happened there because we have seen some people where they're like a chiropractor and then they become a lawyer. And I'm like, wait, you're double dipping. <laughs> so were you able to do more riskier surgeries or like what happened there? Well, you know, I, I when I was in college, I decided that I was going to be a dentist. I have a few uncles who are dentists, and I just thought it would be, a, you know, a great profession to to go into, and, and it is. And so I went to dental school after college, and then from college, sorry, from from dental school, you know, I was trying to think about what I was going to do and what kind of dentist I'd be. First, I thought I'd be a pediatric dentist because I like kids, and then I thought, well, I'm going to probably have my own kids, so probably not a great idea to be treating kids only. So then I, I got interested in, in oral and maxillofacial surgery, which is kind of like at the watershed between dentistry and medicine. And, and it's, it's a surgical specialty. It's a dental specialty. And uh, it, I got very interested in it. I had some great mentors in dental school. And um, so I decided to apply to the uh, residency programs across the country. And, and I matched at UCLA, which meant that I had to uh, go to medical school for two years, basically finished the last two years of medical school because I had already done the first two years of medical school in dental school. So I had to do the last two years of, of medical school, finish that, and then from there I had to do residency, which was basically four years. One year was just kind of general surgery with all the surgical subspecialists, and then the, there were three years of uh, oral and maxillofacial surgery. So it was, a ten, it was 10 years after college, training, residency, medical school, dental school, and all that. So it was a lot of years, but very well worthwhile. That's got to be amazing because there's not going to be a single dental procedure that you really couldn't do. And because I, I listen to a lot of like dental podcasts and like some of them are cash and they're like, you can do a full facial restoration for like thirty or $40,000, you know, and they're doing implants and all these things. But man, that's another level whenever you can 
bridge it into sinus troubles, sleeping problems, all these different bites. Then you're like, I can actually do all of this all at the same time because I'm super skilled. Yeah. Well, you don't want me doing any root canals or, or you know, fillings or anything like that. <laughs> you're past I, that. I don't even know how to do that anymore. But uh, when it comes to any any surgical procedure that involves, the, you know, the the mouth and, you know, the face and neck and all that, or those are things that I partake in on, on a regular basis in my, in my practice. Are you more like trauma-based or is that a different specialty? No, so so our practice does a lot of trauma. I do I do some of it. One of my partners does the lion's share of the of the trauma. Mm-hmm. We take trauma call at the uh, level one trauma center here in Los Angeles, one of the level trauma level one trauma centers here. So we do a lot of facial fractures, fractures of the uh, the eye sockets, the cheekbones, you know, the nose, any ah. of the you know jaw fractures, things like that. So so we do we do a fair bit of that. So yeah, you know, d- a decent amount of trauma. Yeah. So I'm starting to put together how you developed a dental virtual assistant program now. Before I was like, this is kind of a you know a random thing to get into until you know somebody's story. But now I'm starting to kind of put the pieces together. So how did that bridge into what you're doing and then seeing, I guess, as a hole that needed to be filled? Yeah. So so when I started in practice, I was the first one in. And over the last 12 or 13 years, we've grown to six surgeons. And during most of that time, I had been doing a lot of the management of the practice, which means that I had to d- deal with all the all the staff on a regular basis. And at one point, it just became quite overwhelming. There were just so many people in the office that we didn't have the space for them. We How many um, people were underneath you, would you say, support staff? We had about 30 some odd people working <laughs> for the practice. And, you know, every, you know, when you have one or two people, it's like people are never out. When you have 30 people, there's somebody out every day. Mm-hmm. And there's just so many things that revolve around the employees, their day, their day-to-day work, their schedules, their family schedules, their time off, and all that. And it just became very overwhelming. So I, I started to look at some other options for staffing. This was in about 2018 or 2019, somewhere in that in that time period. And I started to think, what can I do here? Like, what other ways can I get all of this work done, all of this administrative work for the office done? And I had heard about outsourcing and, and things like that. And I came across the idea of having medical professionals from the Philippines working remotely, which was a novel idea before the pandemic. And uh, I was introduced to Zoom and uh, and I had hired first one person who was going to work remotely. So Doing what exactly? Answering so, the phones or admin like billing or what? Well, I didn't know at first. <laughs> I, I was thinking just answer my emails for me and, you know, just get get me through the day, you know, open up my mail, you know, just just things. And then I started to to realize they, you know, that that he could do everything that mm. anybody in my office could do unless there was some patient that needed to be touched. And so he was able to write reports and do notes and letters to to referring doctors and and inventory and and look at the the cameras and call insurance companies, get authorizations for procedures, find out what patients' benefits were, put together you know workers' comp reports for me, and, and it was endless. And so I had the first guy, and the beauty was that when I would train him on on oral and maxillofacial surgery, he would record it in Zoom. Again, this mm. is 2018, 2019. And then I was like, okay, well, you got to pass that on to the next guy because I don't have time to train the next guy. So all that information got transmitted very easily to the next guy. Right. And before I knew it, I had I had four people working for me from the Philippines. One person was calling dental insurance companies every day, finding out. How? 
It's like a voice over IP that's based out of America? Correct. Yeah, just using okay. Ring Google Central. What was it called? The, the one we started with was Ring Central. It's oh, you know yeah. like it's a monthly voice over IP system. You just turn your computer into a soft phone. You get yourself a set of headphones and and a phone number and and you're you're good to go. As long as you got a computer and and good internet access. So they would call insurance companies. They would find out what patients' benefits were, how many you know, how many dollars they had in their dental plan, and get some authorization for procedures if it was necessary. And hired another person to help us with the credentialing for our surgery center, and then another would, person to help. Would you say that the guy that you first hired was like, "Hey, I'm on overwhelm now. I have so much on my plate. Can we?" go ahead and hire somebody else? Like, did you have to do the process or did that person hire the next person for you that? Well, once, if you, when you have 30 people, there's, you know, unless you have an, a system where people have been with you for a long time, when you get to the 30 person mark, you know, some of them leave and some of them come and some of them quit and they go out on this leave or that leave. When somebody left and said, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm moving to another job. I just got another one or two people from the Philippines. And it's just, it's gone that way ever since, more or less, because, you know, unless they're a nurse or an MA or, or a dental assistant or someone who clinically has to touch the patient, it, they didn't need to be there. I didn't need that person in my office calling the insurance company or, or doing the payroll or going through my credentialing stuff. So I use a VA from the Philippines for blogs and some it's right now it's for blogs and turning podcasts into blogs from my clinic site that make it unrelevant for the regular person, you know, a lot of SEO type stuff and, and everything. And of course they get paid pennies on the dollar in a sense compared to like, if you had a, a full-time American social media company doing this for you with the medical, it's still advantageous compared to just having somebody in the office as far as salary goes. Well, they're going to the same supermarket. They're going to the same, you know, grocery store and mall in, in the Philippines Mm-hmm. You're just you and I are just taking advantage of the pow- power of the American dollar currency. It's the same thing if you were to go to Guatemala and buy buy soup at a at a restaurant, it's going to be probably a dollar fifty. Where here it's ten dollars and fifty cents. Yeah, and that's just that's just the nature of the American dollar, the power of the American dollar that you're taking advantage of on a day to day basis by by using it. And giving it to somebody who is is getting is getting, able to buy a lot more with that dollar in the Philippines than you can do with that dollar here. Like they right? just do the currency exchange. Yeah, it's just yeah. a simple exchange. But and yep. so it's just arbitrage of of the currency, and and you're just taking advantage of that on a day to day basis. As are all of the doctors and and medical facilities that use our virtual assistants. So, and not in a bad way either. It's just like you said, it's just the power of the dollar there. You're paying them a livable good wage, just less than we have to pay someone here. And you're getting the same service. That's the cor- thing. Correct. You're getting the same service. Most of the people in the Philippines, as it relates to healthcare and working for Medva and working for the uh, the doctor clients and the healthcare facility clients that we have, they you know, they're very, very happy with the salary. They're getting paid more, sometimes double what they would be getting paid as a nurse, for example, in a skilled nursing facility or a small hospital or, or something along those lines. They don't have to commute. They have regular shift. Their, their, their shifts are usually depending upon our clients, but for the most part, the client, our clients want them to work American hours. So they're working nighttime mm-hmm. and their spouse may be working during the day. And some people like that. You know, they, you have a young family. You want to, you know, you want, you want, you know, dad to work during the day and mom to work at night. And then mom can, you know, be with the kids when they wake up in the morning and then she goes to sleep when they're in school. And 
it works out very well for a lot of the nurses that are, you know, that work for Medva. Would people be a common objection could be, yeah, but what about the safety of my patient's email and social security number and all this kind of stuff? What, we don't know about those Philippines. They might just steal it all and, and then, uh-oh, who's in trouble? So have you had any of those kind of issues playing devil's advocate a little bit? Yeah. Without thinking about that, this is a no-brainer, I think, for anybody, right? So the way I look at it is we all have risk of bringing people to work for us, whether they're working in our office, touching our patients, talking to our patients, seeing our patients, whether they're in the billing department in our office, going through their charts and their records and their financial information, whether it's the credit card processing company that we use, whether it's the person at the front desk who is checking in patients, whether it's the janitor that comes in at night and sees papers or charts that are available to them, or whether it's somebody in the Philippines who's going through you know, your, your EMR, there's risk in every step of the way. And as a business owner, as a doc who runs a practice, you have to mitigate those risks as much as you possibly can. The risks exist whether somebody's in the Philippines or it's the janitor cleaning up the floors or the maintenance, you know, crew that comes in because there was a spill, you know, overnight or something like that. There's always going to be risk. So you have to de- deal with those risks. Now, the Philippines, fortunately, their industry, the main industry in the Philippines is virtual assisting. And so they punish crimes where you have healthcare information breaches much more seriously than we do here in the United States. So if you, for example, have somebody who you know has a HIPAA violation in your office, you may not even be able to fire them. And if you do, you may be subject to a lawsuit. In the Philippines, they go to jail. And so there's, a, there's fear for the consequences of taking information. There's, it's not a zero risk that it would ever happen, but there's a much more fear there than there is here for something like that to happen. So, you know, we know it exists. We, you know, we, we indemnify for it. You know, we're concerned about it for everybody that comes through any of the practices that we are associated with. But that's, you know, that's the way, that's the way the world works. We have to be cautious. Well, that's really good to hear. I think that puts a lot of people's minds at ease when they first hear this. They're like, oh, it sounds too good to be true. What about all that stuff? And then you're like, oh, well, actually, the government already is aware of what's going on. And they've set it up to where it's kind of like going to China and do manufacturing. Instead of doing manufacturing, they're doing sensitive information. They have to, to play, play that game with us. So how would a clinic know it's time to do this? Or how would they experiment with, let me just hire one and see what happens. What's the best role that you could hire for this for? Well, you know, the, the few the few best <laughs> roles are scribe. So if you're a busy clinician and, and you need a scribe, you know, you get yourself an iPad or an old iPhone connected to the Wi-Fi in your office and, you know, just your medical assistant turns it on and you start talking to the patient and the scribe's in the background and just scribing away everything that you're doing. And when you're done, they can send you the fully executed note and you can sign it. That's really easy for your typical clinician who's seeing lots and lots and lots of patients. You can easily have a virtual assistant who's probably an RN who has scribing knowledge. We have a specific scribe course that we give to our virtual assistants before we endorse them to doctors. Mm. So scribing is really easy. I think really the easiest way is is somebody who is currently in your office dealing with insurance companies. You know, I, I say that there's really no reason to have somebody working in your office calling insurance companies. It is a it's a colossal waste of money. You know, you're you're spending a ton of money having somebody call an insurance company, and the, there's a very strong likelihood that they're calling some out of the country in India or the Philippines or you know Mexico, South America. 
that that's the easiest way to get in, you know, in the dental field, dental offices always have to know how much money is left in the dental plan for the year. So a lot of times there's somebody who's calling. Now, if you have a small office and you see a few patients every day and it's not like a, you know, a huge deal because you're the only one treating them and you have one person at the front and there's five people coming through the office, it's not a big deal, but any sizable office has somebody doing this already and that should be done by a medva, a medva person. So they can do the billing. They can do the follow-up, and they can do the corrections on the bills when they're wrong as well. Absolutely. You know, I said Scribe. So there's lots of places now where you can use Otter, you can use Rev, you can use Descript, and it just translates things for you automatically. Do these kind of the Scribe VAs, do they run it through those machines, save them a lot of time, and then just format it and proofread them? Well, did I just give away some secret no, no, sauce? No, no, not at all. Not <laughs> at all. You know, it depends on how nuanced the practice is of what you're doing. I mean, if you're if you have a very, very regular practice where the, you're doing the same thing over and over and over again, you potentially can use something like that. But in general, if you're using a scribe properly, they're calling. You know, you have you're you're seeing 20 patients that morning. Before mm-hmm. you get there, your scribe spent the day before calling those 20 patients getting a full history from those patients. Oh. And then, so now they have their history of present illness, they've got the past medical history, they've got the medications, they got the allergies, they got the social history. All before they even come in. All before they even, doctor even sees them. Okay. The doctor walks in and reads that on the screen and then just, just examines the patient, puts together their assessment, the notes are done. You know, everything's being listened to by the, the scribe knows as much as, if not more than the doctor, they just don't know what to do. Mm. So that's how you use an efficient scribe. If you're just going to have, you just want to record and you know, want to co- record a conversation, then then that's fine. Yeah, that, that's not that's not what high you know high productive doctors are doing. Can you have someone answer your phones? Just just set a Sally in the front answering the phone for you. Could you just have like no one? Definitely like in a chiropractic clinic, you could kind of sometimes get away without having a front desk person. But there's a certain point where you just be busy enough where you need somebody to flow traffic. But you could still potentially not have the first person answer the phone. Someone else could answer the phones and do this, and then she, this person is just quarterbacking the flow of the office. For sure. Yes, or absolutely, no? absolutely okay. can do that. We have people who are trying out to do an electronic kiosk where you would walk into the office. There'd be a computer at a kiosk there. You press the button. One of the virtual assistants gets on and says, "Hi, nice to meet you. You know, please enter your information." Da 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 da. And then uh, when the patient, you know, has finished all their paperwork and they're checked in and they got everything through the EMR, the virtual assistant's doing this. The patient sits down and then they call the nurses in the back and say, "Hey, Mr. Mr. Smith is here. He uh, just checked in and." You know, or they send a message wow. or, you know, or something like that. So people have already started doing those, those sorts of things in terms of, in terms of certainly the stress in a medical office is always the phones ringing. People have tried to yeah. quote outsource that and send it to a call center. Everybody hates yeah, that. We, by the we way. think that that's, that's you know, just not the way to go for a, a medical practice, <laughs> no matter how big. And, uh, you know, so, so you can have two or three people from Medva who are virtual assistants working in, in their individual homes using, a voice over IP system and answering the calls. And as long as you have a good connection to the office, they can figure out exactly what the flow is and what's going on and who can see them and, and all that. And then the person who you had up front who was answering calls and checking everybody in now can sort of just focus on checking everybody in and get, get to all the tasks that they have. Let me ask you this. What about your company? Are, are we hiring you to find the VA for us? Are we just pay, like, are we paying you for the access to a database 
and then we find the person through your approved list? How does how's that yeah, play so, out? So the way it works is you would you would call Medva and uh, we would set up a, a consultation with you. We'd just find out exactly what you're looking for and then we have an entire team of people that are waiting to be endorsed and placed with with doctor's offices. So we'll give you three or four people. We'll, we'll give you a, a short video that they recorded, their resume, their certifications, their degrees. And then you'll go through the three or four that we give you. And then you'll say, hey, I'd like to interview Sally or you know whoever it is. And then we'll, we'll arrange the interview you know, that day or the next day. And then they'll, they'll start you know, a day later or, or whatever it is. So who does the training? Do you all have like standard stuff that they're going to need to know and then it's fine-tuned at the – Correct. Level? So everybody has some basic level of training and and we put them through at least two weeks of training and additional if they're going to be having going to be a scribe or do something more specific. So we put them through training, but most of them are already trained healthcare professionals. They're physical therapists, ah. speech therapists, nurses. So they, they obviously have medical background, medical knowledge. So we just train them IT stuff and, and communication and what they're going to be doing. And we place the, you know, the right people with the, with the right offices that matches, you know, not always a hundred percent, but we, we do very well with it. Once the doctor finds the right person, they just start right away and we just keep track of their time and we send a bill to the doctor every, every two weeks. Okay. Now I've heard there's different ways and this might be, I'm not trying to touch your toes here, but I've heard sometimes the hiring company takes a huge chunk of the money and just pays the employee very little compared to what they actually are getting charged. And then there's some companies where now it's just a percentage of some sort and the rest actually goes to the worker in the Philippines. I don't know. Are you allowed to ask that kind of question? I mean, well, you know, I've heard some other VA companies are like, be careful of, those, of these type of companies because you're really not helping the person in the Philippines very much because the salary is being siphoned off by the middleman. So I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you, we, we, we pay our VAs more than, than any other company because we want to retain them and we want our customers, our, our doctor clients to be happy. So our mm-hmm. salaries are the highest. We provide them with, with healthcare insurance, an HMO product for, for them, which is a, wow. a premium insurance for, for the Philippines. We have a, a retirement program for them that begins after a year, just like, you know, some do here in the United mm-hmm. States. So, and then we, of course, we have overhead, uh, you know, that, that we pay. And then there, obviously there, there's a, it's a profit, you know, for-profit company. So we do, we do make some of money. Of course, of course. Which we've essentially invested all back into the company to recruit the most talented health individuals from the Philippines and from South America. That's great. And Central America. So we, we put everything back into the company because we, we really want to grow it and we want it to, to be the product that really helps out all of my medical colleagues. That's good to hear. Do they get the 13th month as well? I heard that's a thing there, the 13 month yeah, salary, so, um, it's like a bonus, there, there is, something like that. That's usually for different kinds of employee, different type of employee, uh, like a contractor oh, okay. type of thing where, that you may be referring to. So we, we pay them. I got limited knowledge. Yeah. You know, suffice it to say that most of our nurses are making twice what they would make working for a hospital. That's awesome. So they have a phenomenal job. It's a very regular job. We, we, we make sure we try not to hire anybody for a part-time position. We want, if you, if you want a virtual assistant, we want you to have them full-time. We want them to know that, that there's work for them and that, that they're going to be able to do this. Otherwise they're going to have to find another job because they need to make money. And they need to eat and put yeah, consistency and everything else. Yeah, so they want consistency. So you know, we, we a minimum of thirty hours is is what we ask for from from the doctors, and and so you know, it's it's been great. I mean, we we, you know, we have you know tons of people that are that are working for Med. There's a lot of energy. They, they really they really love it. They, they're provided with just an incredible position. That Any field work 
physical therapy, chiropractic, psychology, anybody? Or do you kind of focus more on the medical and dental only at this point? So, yeah, we, we, we have so, – so Medva will supply a workforce to, to any medical ability, whether that be a medical office, a psychologist's office, a dental office – a skilled nursing facility, a nursing home, a lab, any medical facility we will provide staffing for. And, and we have in each of those uh-huh. fields. And we've recently spun off a business line called Bizva, where we provide accounting or payroll staffing. You know. That sounds like a natural extension of yeah. the original. Yep. So that, that's, yeah. that, uh, that's going to be the, the launch is sometime during this quarter, which is almost over. So it should, it should be coming out pretty soon. It'll be its own, okay. you know, its own website with its own people and obviously a different clientele, a lot of, you know, accounting firms and law firms and, and, and businesses that, that just need labor because that's the biggest crunch right now in the United States. For sure. Well, what else have I, would you say that I missed that you would think is important to talk about before the final? Two questions or so. What else? I think that's about it. I mean, I, I, w- I would recommend that if you've been using your virtual assistant for a long time, that you find the time to go to the Philippines and, and visit your virtual assistant. I did that really early on, and I found it to be you know v- very rewarding for them because they really see that there's a real person on the other end, and and you know they, they realize how much you value your work. Sometimes when when we do things remotely, some people you know they they don't feel as uh, you know, we're not as likely to tell them how much we appreciate them. And, and so yeah, how do you throw an office party when you're that far exactly. away? Like, hey, look, here's two hundred dollars. Just, just go nuts. <laughs> just go nuts. It's on me. Here's my picture. Just print it. <laughs> exactly. So. So, yeah. So if you, if you ever end up going, like, going that way, I recommend you go there and take them out to dinner or something like that. Absolutely. They'll tell you the exactly. best place. All right. So the, do you have any favorite books or podcasts that's kind of keeps you motivated or has changed you in a good way? I, I, I'm not a huge podcast guy just because I have a very short commute. Mm. So I listen yeah, to podcasts to a little bit when I'm driving. You know, I think my, you know, my, my, my favorite book is uh, The Checklist Manifesto by Atul uh, Gawande. And that, that was something that I, you know, read early in my, that early, but early enough in my career where I felt it had a, an impact on my ability to to grow professionally and 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 manage you know day to day operations and things like that with with minimal problems. So probably my my most favorite book. I, I think I need to read it again. It's been a little while. I hear that. And my favorite question, sometimes the audience's favorite. We typically have a spouse of some sort or a significant other. How do we keep the love alive so we don't end up divorced and sad? It's it's a good question because unfortunately 50% of people at least maybe even higher are, end up in that situation. I mean I got really lucky. I 25th wedding anniversary is coming up, and so I got very lucky and got married at a very young age to an incredible person. And uh, I, I think a lot of it is luck. I was really young when I got married, and as was my wife. And you know we have the same ideals. I think it's important, you know, in in, in a relationship that you have the same goals and not try to modify each other's goals over time. You have the same goals going in and, and that that you agree and, and, and when you disagree, you agree to disagree and, and move on and, and don't let the sun set on a disagreement because it just gets buried in and, and doesn't go away. And so, you know, I think that those are, you know, some, some of the pearls that certainly have worked out for me, but, you know, it's, it's mutual respect and, and, and the rest will follow. What do you think about both of you seeing the struggle? I mean, you were in school forever and then she was doing whatever it was that she was doing potentially in school or whatever. Did that help, you think, when you get past that? And you, I remember when you were studying 50 hours a week and look at us now, we're finally reaping the benefits so many years later. Does it help at all or anything? Well, 
for me, I was so young. We were both so young when we got married that we really kind of, in many ways, grew up together. You know, I was 22. My wife was 19. So, I mean, we were kids when we got married. A lot of the the ways in which we are people was kind of developed together because we've, you know, we've, we've lived together since we were essentially teenagers. And so we, we kind of, you know, grew up and, and then there's a lot of respect for each other's, you know, dedication to, to what, you know, we, we individually accomplished, you know, during those years. You know, my wife is an occupational therapist and she's actually a, a certified hand therapist. She needed to work for 10 years before she was even able to take that exam. Yeah. So it's a, you know, she went through a lot. She was when I was in dental school, she was doing her occupational therapy studies. And so there's a lot of sacrifices that occur along the way. I remember one of my uh, one of our my after residency was over. This is exactly 15 years ago, almost to the day I finished residency and my uh, my in-laws made made a, a party for for me for finishing my residency. And and it was part of, you know, finishing dental school it was 10 years. You know, we had been married 10 years right. already and it was 10 years since uh, since starting dental school and now finishing residency. And one of my friends was came over to me and said, uh, "Hey, you're you know you guys are having a nice uh, a party," and I I, I kind of downplayed it and said, "Yeah, it's it's whatever, it's a, a party. My in laws just you know want to make a party." And you know she look you know looks at me like in the eye and she said, "It's a big deal." She like oh wow. like, you know she was one of the kind of intimidating women you know she just looked at me like she's like it's a big deal. You guys sacrificed a lot during those ten years. It's a big deal. Like yeah. you better enjoy that party because that was a big deal. And I hadn't, you know, yeah. when you go through the grind as a as a resident, as a as a med student, especially back in the the the, ni- the late '90s and early 2000s, it was hard work. There was no work hour restrictions. Oh yeah. And uh, and so, but when you're doing it on a day to day basis, you don't really realize. You know, you just come home, you crash, and you wake up the next day, and you go back to the hospital, and you don't really realize how much work you put in. And I think it's like that with a lot of things in life. Well, when nobody's stops and celebrates the wins or as soon as you hit that goal it's like two seconds and then you're like all right what's the next going like dude no celebrate you you hit a milestone like go have a drink have a have a nice meal like enjoy take a vacation or something and most people just don't even do it yeah so i mean i think that that's you know yeah there's a lot of you know and i think you have to respect each other and you know this this are good questions you know and people don't really i appreciate the answer you know it's always fun to hear what people have to say there's some themes but the one you have is I've heard a little bit of this before, but not to that level because we were married for such a young age that uh, it's, it's another yeah. view. So it's, it's really great. Yeah. All right. Well, where can people find your webpage and all of that? So our website is w.medva.com, M-E-V-A.com. And you can just go on there and you'll be able to see some good videos and, you know, kind of the structure and how things work and some testimonials and, and all the things you need. And then, of course, there's a way to contact our sales team. Well, we'll have a show notes page dedicated to you. It'll have questions that we ans- we asked. It'll also have a, a non-edited transcript and the link and everything else. So this will be something that you can share and, and, and be proud of whenever it's all said and done. So I just want to thank you for your time. And creating this company that I, I really do hope some people sign up or at least inquisitive about it because this is probably the third type of VA thing that we've done here. And this is the first one that's specific for medical grade people that's already been vetted. And that's a big difference from what I've had been in the past where it's like, hey, here, you can do some social media stuff and, you know, the, the, the marketing side of it. But this is the professional side of it. So I really appreciate your time and enlightening all of us. Another great interview has ended. While you're on your phone, click that review button. Write up a nice review for me. Five stars if you could. As everyone says in the industry, it'll help 
other people to find us when we have enough rankings. Not to mention, I'll mention you and your review on an upcoming episode. If you're looking for one sheets, if you're looking for all the books that people have recommended, you can just go to a doctorsperspective.net slash guide. And that's going to give you everything you need to know. The top episodes of 2017 and 2018, the podiatry series, dentist, acupuncture series, holiday 2017, financial series, how to write a review, how to support the show, like buying a cup of coffee, getting swag, like t-shirts, the Today's Choices Tomorrow's Health book. That's the blueprints for better health exercise, picking food correctly, and financial. And then, of course, bundle packs, which can get you the no-needle acupuncture book, 40 common conditions, including the electric acupuncture pin, at a great deal. Page has some of the products that I like. It's uh, affiliate style, so if you buy something from them, I get a piece of that. Just like on the show notes pages, if you buy a book from clicking that link, I get a small piece of that as well. So I really appreciate that. Things like Screencast-O-Matic, PureVPN, Missing Letter, JLab Speakers, ProLone, Edge, or Hawk Grips. The trilingual coloring book is now five languages, English, Spanish, Chinese, German, and French. So pick one up for your own kids, your nieces and nephews, and also for your office so these kids have something to do. Again, that all-encompassing one link is a doctorsperspective.net slash guide, G-U-I-D-E. Uh, once again, if you do need any coaching on how to improve some of your blood work, drop weight, and the prolone diet, fast mimicking diet, five-day plan, let me know as well as if you just need some coaching, whether it's health, whether it's marketing, whether you need some practice growth, etc. Reach out. Facebook, Justin Trosclair, MCC. Of course, at a doctorsperspective.net on the top right. You got all the social media icons that you can imagine. Click your favorite and reach out. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please tell a friend, pass it along. You can go to .net slash listen. It's just that easy. It'll open up right in your app. And don't forget, I appreciate you. Listen, critically think, and integrate. See you on the mini-sodes. Hope you're enjoying those. I'm definitely having fun summarizing these podcasts in less than 10 minutes for you. You get the nuggets without having to waste your time. Have a great week. A doctor's perspective. Learn stories of success. Avoid struggles they've met. Doctors of all kinds come together to help you shine. So sit down.